It's a privilege to be here. And I want to just kind of talk to you a few minutes before I preach to you. And uh, I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, Brother Toby. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, my wife sent me to the grocery store. Now, I don't know if there's any other men here who understand honeydew lists. I don't know if yours is like mine, but when I scratch the one off at the top, two more appear at the bottom. It's like, in, it's like invisible ink. They just show up. Well, she sent me to the store, and I had this long grocery list. And I like to go by myself to the grocery store. I don't want anybody going with me because I don't want, um, I don't want to be waiting. I don't go to shop. I go to get. And so I had this long list, and I, you know, I had to get in there and get the, had to get the minced garlic, and I had to get the spinach, and I had to get the walnuts, and I had to go down the bakery aisle. And a lot of these aisles, I know them. I know where stuff is at. But every now and then, there's something that's put on the list that throws me off. And on this particular night, it was, it was this is the way it said it, on the line, maple brown sugar stick butter. Brown sugar stick butter. I went to three stores trying to find brown sugar stick butter. And when I got to the third store, I walked in, and I, I said, I'm, I'm going to ask for some help now. So I went over to a lady. I said, ma'am, she worked at the store there at Safeway. I said, have you ever seen brown sugar stick butter? She said, well, um, well, come on, young man. And, and she, I appreciated her calling me a young man. And we walked over to the butter aisle, and I, there was all kinds of butter, and she looked for it, and here's what she said. She said, well, I don't see any of that, but i tell you what you could do. She said, you could buy you some regular butter, and then you could get you some brown sugar, and you could mix that together. So when I got home, I realized she didn't send me to the store for brown sugar stick butter. She sent me to the store for brown sugar and sticks of butter. But I had one of those analytical right brain moments where I saw brown sugar stick butter because it was on the same line. And I couldn't get a hold of her. And I was just, I was going to find it. I was going to be determined. So if any of you guys want to invent brown sugar stick butter, that would be great. Because guys like me would be able to find it. You can't no more find brown sugar stick butter than you can find a failing God. Then you can find a disappointing promise. Now, we may get disappointed in ourselves. We may get frustrated by certain outcomes. We may be here tonight struggling with certain issues, and they could be recurring problems. But aren't you thankful tonight that you know a God that doesn't fail? And when the enemy thinks he's put something on the list that's going to confuse you or confound you or get you to quit, you have a determined faith that says, I'm not giving up because I've got too many files. I've got too many testimonies. I've got too many things marked off the list of what God did for me. If he's ever healed your body, you ought to shout hallelujah. If he's ever brought you out of a day of trouble, you ought to shout thank you, Jesus. If he's been better to you than you could ever be to yourself, you ought to clap your hands and give him thanks tonight because there's nobody like Jesus.
Sometimes it's just the simplicity of who he is that gets me through the complexities of what I'm facing. Sometimes it's just the simplicity of his anointing on my life that gets me through the impossible adversities that are in front of me. Praise God. Now, you know, some mornings, some mornings you wake up and you feel like you're on top of the world. I mean, for you, it's glory, glory, hallelujah, since I laid my burdens. Come on, snap with me. Glory, glory, hallelujah, since I laid my burdens down. And you're like, mm. But long about the afternoon, you might be more like, glory, glory, hallelujah, since I laid my, now there's, there's still some excitement there, but it's not quite as passionate. By the time you get to the evening of the circumstance, you might be like, glory, glory, Hallelujah, I'm so blue, yeah, since I, well, I haven't really laid them all down. In fact, I'm still carrying half my burdens around. Now, none of y'all probably ever feel that. Maybe you like the, um, I grew up, one of my dad's favorite shows on Saturday after we watched uh, Roll Tide. I know I'm in the wrong place, shouldn't have said that. <laughs> when they would lose the football game, does that make you feel better? My dad would always have after the college football, he would put on, it would come on at 6 p.m. every Saturday evening, Hee Haw. And they would have this song on Hee Haw. It, it stuck with me after all these years. I can't even tell you when I've last watched Hee Haw. Some of you are going, I don't even know what he's talking about. You older ones probably know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, they would start singing. It would, they would show them in a straw hat and some overalls and stand there with a pitchfork and pieces of straw or hay hanging off their face and, you know, a little bit of dirt on their cheeks. And they'd be singing, Oh, bloom, despair, agony on me. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Bloom, despair, agony on me. Well, you don't sing that, do you? But you feel that way sometimes. And that's what I want to preach about for a little while tonight. Joel chapter 2, 21, the Bible said, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice. For the Lord will do great things. How many believe that God's got great things in store for you and your family in 2024? I'm not talking about what happened last year. I'm not talking about living off the reputation of what used to be. I'm talking about what God's about to do. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree beareth her fruit. The fig tree and the vine do yield their strength be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately. He will cause to come down to you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. Now watch what's going to happen. And the floors shall be full of wheat. 
and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. Now watch what he says. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. When you go back to Joel chapter 1, it is a despicable scene. It is a place of desperation. It is the disappointment of God with a nation because of their idolatry. And he is talking about judgment. He's talking about what the caterpillar is going to eat and what the locusts are going to strip away and what, what the palmer worms and the canker worms and the caterpillar and what these four stages and devourers are going to do when they come in swarm after swarm. And one black cloud of, of the stripping and the gnawing and the consuming until there's nothing left in the field. And it's, it's nothing but gloom and doom and despair. And if you only look at page one, you would stay disappointed. That's why you got to keep reading the story. You got to keep walking in faith. You got to take another step. You got to show up for another service. You got to put your hands together. You got to applause and praise God again. You got to dance one more time. You got to sing the next verse of the song. You've got to turn the page. Tell the devil tonight, I'm not staying in chapter 1. I'm going to chapter 2. And the book said that God is going to restore the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm. This thing doesn't end in destruction. This thing doesn't end in elimination. This thing doesn't end in what has been stripped away from you. It ends in what I want to preach for a little bit tonight, the restoration covenant of God. God doesn't just have words of judgment and of warning and of darkness and despair, but he also has a word of restoration and hope and light that no matter how bad it has been, I'm still blessed. I'm not living in chapter 1. I'm coming over to chapter 2. I'm preaching to somebody. Turn the page. I don't know what happened in 2023. I don't know who hurt you. I don't know how many bad things have been said about you. I don't know how many graves have been dug for you. I don't know how many shovels of dirt have been tossed on you. But I know my God when he says, I'm going to restore. Somebody rise up for a moment in the spirit on this Wednesday night, the first Wednesday night of 2024, and say, I know the score, devil. I know what my God is bringing to my family, to my church, to my community, to my faith, to my broken heart, to my wounded spirit, to my troubled mind. I will not stay stuck in the past. Praise God. Because you're going to fail, and you're going to fear, and you're going to fall, and you're going to make mistakes, and you're going to get tripped up, and you're going to get knocked down. That's why the book says, rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, 
You can laugh at me all you want to when I've been knocked down. You can laugh at me all you want to when you see the dirt all over me. You can laugh at me all you want to when you see the mire of the circumstances sucking me under the clay of impossibility. But know this, that there's a second part to that promise. When I fall, I shall arise. I'm coming up out of it. There's an ascension to the anointed. There is a rising up to those that have a spirit of restoration and revival. I'm not staying down. I'm not staying defeated. The enemy doesn't get the final say. They can come in and they can strip it. They can tear it down. They can cut it to the ground. That's all the locusts can do because the locusts have to go after what they can see. They can see the stalk. They can see the barley. They can see the bloom and the wheat. They can see the corn and the ear of it that's growing. They can swoop in and devour and consume and gnaw away until there's nothing left but a few stubbles in the soil because they can only go after what they see. But what they can't see is on the inside of us. There's a root system. There's a word I've been carrying. There's a prophecy that God has given me. There's a promise for my family. If God has ever healed me in the past, why can't he heal me tonight? If God has ever picked me up out of the molly grubs in the past, why can't he give me rejoicing in the middle of my sorrow tonight? If God has ever led me out of the darkness and delivered me from the impossible things, then why can't he do it for me tonight? Let's lift our hands and love him for a moment. Enemy, you don't get to have the final say. That's why you go to Acts chapter 12 and they grab Peter after they killed John. They beheaded him, blood still on the ground. You can see the red moisture of it still being sucked up by the dirt. And as they bag up that head and carry it off, they go out and they seize Peter and they put chains on him and they drag him into a prison. And they're so worried about him that they put four quaternions of soldiers. They, they're keeping a guard of four men on him at all times through every watch of the night between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. and 9 p.m. and midnight, midnight and 3 a.m. and 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. They got a shift change every three hours, and they got another four soldiers that are going to come in, and they've got, they've got him bound in chains between two soldiers. And he's laying there on the ground in Acts chapter 12, and he's sleeping between two soldiers, and the Bible says that after the holidays, he was going to do to Peter what he did to James. We're going to kill him. We're going to execute this man of God. We're going to silence his voice. But you know what God said? I still got a plan for Peter. It might not look good. You might want to judge Peter's situation by what you saw happen to James. But the Bible said that light came in there, that big old burst of light come emanating in, a shaft of glory right in to the dusty floor, and, and, and you find an angel walking there and kick him on the side and tell him to get up. And the, and, and the guards are frozen. It's like they, they, they've had been put in liquid ice or something. They've, they've been frozen in time, and the chains are falling off of Peter. And, and the angel is saying, get up, Peter. Get your clothes on. You need to be dressed for departure. We're getting out of here. In other words, the devil wrote a script, I'm going to kill you. 
But God got the script and said, hey, angels, look at this. I'm going to do a rewrite. I'm going to revise the script. He ain't staying in prison. He's coming out of the prison. He isn't going to die a disciple of, of, of time and frame of death and betrayal. He is coming out of the circumstance because I've still got something for him to do. And you know that the Bible said he, he got up and he, he walked out of the prison and he went past the first ward and he got past the second ward and this old musky, dusty-smelling place and he got out through the third ward and then the gates were opened up and all this time he thinks he's in a vision. He thinks he's just dreaming until he gets out in the street and the angel departs from him and then it hits him. Oh, no, I haven't been dreaming. This deliverance is better than a dream. This is a real thing. I'm going to pinch myself in a moment and say, you know what? Every prayer that's been prayed is going to come to pass. Every struggle that I've been through is going to have a transformation into something that God is going to use for my success. The ambition of the enemy is to keep you discouraged. And the longer you stay discouraged, the more the film and the confusion and the fogginess and the misty curtains and the stronger it gets and the cloud gets thicker until you, you begin to think it's not going to happen and it's been too long since I've seen it. But I wish somebody would rise up in the spirit with me tonight and say, you know what? God rewrote the script turn the page the battle is not over because I'm going to have victory when the battle is over and if I'm still struggling right now I'm still in the battle but when victory comes you're going to know it because I'm coming out it's not just a dream. It's not just religious speak. You are not just going through performed rhetoric. Some of us have learned to say some things. You've learned to even pray some things. And if we're not careful, we ain't much different than artificial intelligence. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to get through it. But I'm going to tell you, you keep praising the Lord. And even if it feels like you're going through a robotic moment where you can just barely get your hand up, when you just barely can get in the car and drive to church, 2024, God, I believe, sent me to tell this church tonight, I've got a restoration covenant that's going into action. Maybe you have been through the failures. Maybe you have been through the struggles. Maybe you have had some losses and traumas and tragedies that you haven't had any control over. But God sent me to tell you, I've got a restoration covenant. And there are some things getting ready to grow up out of the soil of your struggle. There are some fruits that are going to bear out of those barren places, out of your altars of intercession. God has not forgotten what you prayed. Let's lift our hands to him for a moment. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I remember, I remember a few years ago, the Lord gave me a vision, and I was, I was standing in a field, and in this field there were, there were snakes everywhere. I couldn't even tell you how many there were. They were by the hundreds, countless, endless waves of them. And they were like cobras, and they were erect and ready to strike. 
And in the, in the vision, the Lord spoke to me and said, Danny, you need to assume the posture of humility. So I got down on my face between my knees on the ground. And when I did, this blade came out of the heavens, almost like helicopter blades without the helicopter. And, and we're just coming down like this. And when it came down like this, it cut off all the heads of all the snakes. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. If you stay standing and want to fight it the way you want to fight, it would cut your head off too. And so I realized that sometimes my greatest victories come when I let God take it. And when I get on my face before the Lord and say, I've done everything that I can do. Now, I thought I was dealing with Antichrist spirits and all these external forces that were going to come in from the outside and attack me. But I realized a few months later when things started happening in the church, I realized it, it wasn't just from outside forces. There were inside struggles and internal things going on. But I found that the Lord was telling me, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord because there's not one thing the enemy has said against you that will come to pass because he doesn't hold the prophecy in your life. He doesn't hold the promises of God in your life. The author and the finisher of our faith, which is the almighty God, he is the one that holds it. And I'm going to tell somebody in the spirit tonight that if you'll let God fight it for you, if you stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, he'll cut the head off of every snake, every spirit, every darkness, every discouragement, every depression. It doesn't matter what the enemy has said against you. It doesn't matter what the enemy's trying to do to you. I believe in a restoration covenant tonight that something is going to push through the soil. Something is coming out of the dirt. Something is getting ready to grow. It's a fresh crop. It's something new. Maybe it has been forgotten. Maybe it's a seed that has been out there for a long time and it just needed to be irrigated with some fresh, fresh tears of travail. And when it starts to feel the seeping of the water through the soil and it touches the seed and the seed is germinated and it breaks forth out of the shell and it pushes through and then it's one little old stalk and then it's 40 or 50 and then it's hundreds of them and then all of a sudden it's a foot tall and it's two feet tall and it's a crop of wheat and corn and barley everywhere. It is because God is saying to Christian Life Church, your greatest revivals are not in history. They are not in the annals of time. They are not in the diaries of yesterday's great moves of God. They are ahead. They are on the calendar. They are in God's appointment book. It's what God has destined for his people. You believe that with me? Lift your hands and lift your voice with me and begin to pray it with me. God's going to do it for my family. God's going to do it for my faith. God's going to do it for my broken finances. God is going to do it for my broken body. God is going to touch my affliction. God is going to turn away this sickness. God is going to reestablish some boundaries of my faith. I'm not going to let the enemy erase the promises that I know God has spoken to me. Lift your hands and worship the Lord with me. He kanda In the name of Jesus. You know what Job said? Job 8 and 11. 
The Bible said, the Lord spoke to him and said, can, can the reed, can it not grow without the water? Is, is the plant going to come up out of the mire or does it need the mire? You know what the mire was? It's dirty water. And I got this revelation earlier today looking at all the things that can be stripped from us, looking at all the things the caterpillars and the locusts and the palmer worms and the canker worms can do, how they can strip you down and make you feel like you have nothing left. But I'm going to tell you what's going to frustrate the devil. You know why there's going to still be growth? And the devil's going to look at it and go, now how did that happen? Because I thought I had defeated all of that. How's that going to happen? Well, let me tell you, dummy. You're saying this to the devil. Everybody say devil or dummy. It's going to happen because you left the dirt. As long as the dirt is still there, seed can be planted. Restoration comes up out of the dirt. The very thing you thought the devil was going to use to bury you the very thing you thought the devil was going to use to destroy you. He'll take your condemnation. He'll take your shame. He'll take your failures of the past, and he'll turn it into the soil that grows revival because that's the covenant of restoration. Don't look at what has been taken from you. Look at what's about to come back. Don't look at what has been lost. Look at what's coming. Don't listen to the things the enemy uses to accuse you and indict you and tell you why you can't have it. I'm going to tell you why you're going to have it. Because the dirt is still there and something's coming up out of the soil. And when God releases a covenant of restoration, when he breathes on that moment, somebody lift your hands and say, rise up. Just like you lift your hands, praise God. Just like you lift your hands, it's, it's coming. It's not an empty promise. I believe we're so close to the coming of the Lord. I'm a pre-tribulation rapture preacher. I believe the trumpet's about to sound. I'm I, in agreement with the powerful word and prophetic word Brother Creekmore preached here Sunday morning. I believe that no matter how often we've heard it, it makes no difference because the people that are going to stay in tune and the people that understand that before that trumpet sounds is going to be the greatest revival. There's going to be the greatest restoration. And some of those things the enemy has tried to take from you and your family you just let him know, you have a short time, devil, but I'm getting back everything that has been taken away. Think about it. The devil in all of the, of the empires of the Gentiles that will come to the fruition of the Antichrist empire in the, in the last days, the seven heads and the ten horns and all that that is encompassed in that in the last days, you know what the Bible describes it as? He has one hour. He gets one hour to rule. That's all it means. That's all you get. Revelation 12 said the devil is full of wrath because he knows he has a short time. I wish somebody would tell the devil the next time he's trying to tell you what you can't have and how messed up you are and how broke down your faith are and how wrecked your emotions are. I wish you'd tell the devil, hey, devil, you're on the clock. I'm not. 
You are because the thing I've got coming is going to last forever. The faith and the reward I've got coming is an everlasting reward. The new Jerusalem is a forever address of the faithful. You just have a short time. You just got another minute or two to work. You go ahead. But my breakthrough's coming. And he's going to do everything that he said he would do. You believe that with me tonight? Stand to your feet and, and lift up your hands to the Lord in the name of Jesus. I know there is a tribulation coming. I know there's great wrath. I know there's terrible things that are going to take place, traumatic events that are going to take place. But I'm preaching about a restoration covenant tonight. I'm preaching about something that's going to grow back. You know, when Samson became the greatest adversary to the enemy, when he killed more Philistines than in all of his life, read it when you go home in Judges 15. It's when his hair grew back. They shaved it. He lost his strength. They put him at the grinding mill. He is for sport. He's been made fun of. But when that hair grew back, praise God, when he could just get his hands on the pillars, the strength was back. Hey, devil, laugh at me all you want to while the field looks barren. But something is growing beneath the soil, and it's coming back. 2024, a year of fire. 2024, a year of fruit. You know where fruitfulness comes from? It comes from faithfulness. You just keep walking. You just keep showing up. You just keep saying, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, pastor. Let's keep praying it. Let's walk in that vision. I'm, I live in Denver. And out in our front yard, just on the side of the driveway, there's a cottonwood. Don't look at it right now, though. Because if you look at it right now, the branches are brittle. It looks like it'll never grow anything again. There's nothing on it. It's sad. It's a gloomy object against the cloudy sky. Maybe we should just go out and get a chainsaw and cut it down. No, because spring is coming. The warmth will come. And what looks dead right now, it will rebloom. It will restore. And those beautiful little cotton-looking balls will come out. The blooms and the life will reappear. Don't cut it down in the winter. Don't cut it down because it looks like it can't grow anything again. I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost, praise God. What if Abraham would have said, you know what, I don't believe God anymore. He wasn't 65. He wasn't 75. The man was 100 years old when he had his first baby boy through Sarah. A hundred. What about Moses? Moses wasn't 35. He wasn't 45. He wasn't 20. wasn't in his teens. He was an 80-year-old when he stood at the burning bush and was given the rod of God to go lead Israel out of Egypt. I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost, it's not too late. And you're not finished. God may have one more season. 
of growth. And one more season where it comes out on the branches. Because if you look at it right now and say, well, there's, there's nothing to it, you might be tempted to replace it. You might be tempted to cut it down. You might be tempted to say, I don't need this anymore. But instead of saying, I don't need this anymore, say, I'm going to wait on God because the summer sunshine's on the way. The refreshing is coming. And the covenant of restoration, that God is getting ready to enact what he said he would. And we're going to eat in plenty. And we're going to enjoy the fields of great harvest. You believe that for you and your family? I want you to gather around this altar with me. Come down around this altar with me and lift up your hands to the Lord with me. Let him turn in your it's still mine. It's still my prayer. It's still my promise. It's still my belief. It's still my trust. It's still an anointing in the Word. It is still a breakthrough faith. I'm not giving up. I'm standing on His promise. I'm standing on His Word. Restoration. It's going to grow again. It's going to come back. It's going to be renewed. In Jesus' name. I believe it, Lord. I believe it.